Good morning, church family. Oh, come on, it's 11. Good morning, church family. There we go. At least one of you's away. Just kidding. Hey, we are glad you joined us. If this is your first time with us, thank you for coming and entrusting us by walking through our doors. If it is your first time too, please make sure you stop by and say hi uh, to me or, or one of the prayer team members later and let us know, okay? We'd love to greet you and say hi to you. For those that call this your home and your regular place, welcome as well this morning. We're glad you're here as well. Well, hey, this morning, we're going to keep going with the Jonah series. I know we teased you a couple weeks ago and said we were done, and then Craig and I decided to extend it for two weeks, so there you have it. Um, but what we decided to do with this, and I love the idea, is we looked at the view of Jonah for four weeks, right? And then last week, Craig did an amazing job on looking at time from the Ninevites' perspective. And so I get the privilege today to look at it from the perspective of God. Because every story is connected in some way back to God, right? This is really his story. We get to be a part of it. And so Jonah got to be a part of it. We all play a role in it and there's a lot of beautiful truths in it. But at the same time, there's all these different characters when you read a text, right? So like when we read the parable of the son and the father and the youngest son, you have three different people playing three different parts in the story to get perspective. And so today we're gonna to look at God's perspective from the story of Jonah. So would you mind praying with me as we dive in together? God, we just thank you for today and this time together. God, thank you that we get to be a part of your story and what that looks like. So God, just help us today be encouraged, maybe challenged. God, just help us hear how we're a part of your story today. In your name, amen. So what, oh, my wife's texting me, sorry. That was a little awkward. Anyways. What is this thing now that I gave it away? Okay, you guys can answer. What is this thing? Cell phone, right? So besides texting, sorry, you all look like a white dot. There, gone. All right. What is the main thing that most people use this thing for? Not apps. What is this thing most people use this thing for now? Destruction. <laughs> What is it? Selfies. If we're being honest. This thing is now used more for its camera. Why do you think they upgrade it every year than it is for anything else, if we're being honest? And the interesting thing about selfies is you can sit here really close and you don't have to be a camera expert. You can just look at yourself and go, oh, that's a good angle. They can't see my nostrils. Click. And you send it to social media through the thousands of platforms. 
And for some of us, when we do these selfies, we someday show the real us, right? Like, life's good. I want you to see me smiling. Like, it's hopping today. And then some of us still show the real deal that I'm crying today because today stunk. And here's me in that view, right? Most of us, though, if we're being honest, there's a lot of times we'll share our selfie and it won't be the real us for that real day. And so it's a very changeable thing, right? So then we come to this next camera, and it gets a little bigger, right? Who do we normally take pictures of with this camera then? Others, right? Our kids, right? Scenery, right? Our, my son's playing their sports. And we get this camera out, and the interesting thing is there's all kinds of lenses anymore. And you have to know something about this camera, right? You have to understand that you have to zoom it right. You have to get the right angle. And the interesting thing about this camera when we're looking at others is one, you have to get the right view of the person. But the hard thing is not everybody always shows you the real them in that lens, right? Or sometimes when we're trying to get that picture of the real person, Satan's whispering in our ear who we should see that person to be. Or maybe it's even our family and friends that are whispering in our ear going, this is how you should view that person. And what it does is it skews our zoom. And so this one's hard because you have to be somewhat skilled at it to actually see people for the real them, to know them. And then we have this one on the screen because it's too big for me to bring here. I tried to find a Lego set and it didn't work. Anybody know what this one is? The Hubble Telescope. This one is amazing because it shoots super far out. Like our eyes can only see so much, right? Like for most of us, like there are little dots up in the sky at night, right? Like we can only see so much as detail, but this one gives us amazing, beautiful views way farther than we could ever see. We can see galaxies, we can see stars for themselves, and it's hard to hide a lot of those things with the Hubble telescope. So today we're going to use that view as God's view. Because if we're honest, we can't really hide real well from God, right? As much as we try to show selfies a certain way or we try to show ourselves a certain way with the other person's camera, we can't really fake the photo of the Hubble telescope. Because God knows how to go deep and far with us. So hey, we're going to go back, because we're going to go into Psalm 139, as you heard this morning. We're going to go back a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I have waited 20 years to put this in a sermon, and it happened today. Yeah! So anyways, I'm a Star Wars nerd. That's my problem. 
But hey, let's look at Psalm 139 and how this fits in this idea of talents today and gifts. And it does come from Jonah's story because God created Jonah. He gave him talents and gifts. And because of those talents and gifts, he sent him to a place called Nineveh, right? We saw him try to take those talents and gifts and run the other way. Eventually he got there and just like Craig shared last week, timing is what matters and us letting loosely our time will help us follow God in the sense of speaking to somebody or sharing with someone. But I want you to hear something different today in the sense of God's perspective. So, Psalm 139. Starting in verse 13, it says this. For you created me in my own inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. The you is God. See, here's the truth that we need to remember, and, and we, we, we forget this a lot of times, is we are a part of God's story, but we didn't become part of God's story at the moment we accepted our relationship with Jesus Christ. We were actually a part of God's story the second we were coming into existence. So everybody ever on the earth has always been a part of God's story. But somehow from there to here, a lot of us have missed it. And some unfortunately still are. Now, I know the truth. I talked to the middle schoolers Wednesday night about this and they started laughing because I said the word sex. Wow, none of you laughed. You're either really mature, asleep, or I lost you somewhere. So at some point, let's see if I can keep you now. At some point, two people had to have sex so you'd be here today. But here's what we miss. God created you and God knit you. See, the beauty of it is, is it's always been God's story and it always will be God's story. But the beauty of that is, is the reason it is that way is because the moment you became one with your parents' different parts, there we go. God of the universe stepped in and said, I love you so much. I am going to make you the way I want you to be. How do I know that? Because David prays him. Because he's fearfully and wonderfully made. See, you're in this room today exactly the way you are because that's exactly the way God wanted you to be. God has no fear of, I made a mistake. You are wonderfully made the way you are. Why? Because in that moment, you entered God's story and he's literally knitting you and putting you together. Not just your eyes, not just your looks, 
not just your buttocks. All these things he puts together to make you you. And he literally at that moment said, hey, I love you so much that I'm going to create you. The God of the universe, think about this, comes in at that moment, takes his time, his talents, and he says, hey, I'm going to step in and I'm going to give you talents right now. And I'm going to give you a personality and a heart and all these things to live out who I want you to be. And we do, we get those things, those talents. And the sad part is, over time, because we don't fully get it and understand it yet, over time we start to lose that understanding that what I have isn't actually about me. See, like Christmas gifts and presents, like for birthdays, are supposed to be for us, right? Except for in my household, my boys buy me gifts that they take back and play with. But I'm okay with that. But God gives us these talents and these gifts to serve him for the sake of others. Folks, have you ever thought about that, how much God loves you, that God loves you so much, not did he only send his son for you, but he loves you so much that he took the time to literally create you the way he wants you to be at the moment you were conceived. Why? Because we're not hidden from him, as the text says. He sees our unformed body, and all the days are ordained for us. The beauty of God, though, and his story is it doesn't just stop when we're born. See, he knew people were missing it from birth and on, and he knew over time people were missing what was going on, and they forgot to look to him and understand that he loves them for them and no other reason. And so he did send his son to die on the cross. He sent Jesus, just like us as a baby, conceived, and he becomes a human, and he lives his life, and he dies for us. Why? Because he wants to remind us that God actually loves us, and we got to remember that. And for some of us, we don't believe that yet, and I hope you do someday, because the truth is God has created everyone, knitted them together, because he loves you and you're part of his story. But because we forget that, he sends his son. And his son dies for us and he rises again. And then this beautiful thing happens in the Bible. It's called new birth when we believe. There's this beautiful moment, I was picking on my son last service because he was actually in here, our oldest Jonathan, so he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. Later he punched me in the gut for picking on him in the service. But there was this beautiful moment with my son. So my wife loved going week after week after week after he's being born. Like here's what's happening to Jonathan right now. Here's what phase he's in. Here's what's happening. And one of the phases that hit me the most was here's this moment He's in there, his, his eyelids are closed. And somehow, in some way, at the right time, something slits the skin. 
and he has sight through his eyes for the first time. Like no doctor had to go in and do that. There was no magical tool to make that happen. God did. And so here comes Christ and he dies and roses again. And for those that believe, all of a sudden it's like that over again. We talk, we're new. It's like we're reborn. And all of a sudden it's like Jesus goes, hey, without you knowing it, I'm going to slit that spot again just so you can see the right way. And he says, hey, my child, welcome back to how it's really supposed to be seen. But the beauty of God's story, and I don't know if you love God's story as much as I do. I hope you do. And I know most of you do, so that's weird saying that. But anyways, the beauty is it's still not done. Why? Because he gives us gifts. So he gives us talents when we're born. He said, here you are, here's your personality, here's your heart, here's your talents. And then when we believe and accept that Jesus is the Savior and Lord and that he died for us, we become a new birth, a new creation, a child of God. And he goes, hey, I love you so much, now I'm going to give you gifts. And he's giving us his treasures Why? Because he loves everyone in Shelbyville. He loves everybody in Indiana. Still trying to figure that out, but that's okay. Just kidding. I'm from Iowa, the best state in the country, and so just got to throw that out there. They played Field of Dreams game, if you didn't watch it. It was magical. God loves everybody. Why? Because it goes back to that, that he literally created everyone to be a part of his story. And so he's giving us all gifts now to keep living out who we are and to serve him. And hopefully through those talents and gifts, other people will come to understand their part in the story. One of my other favorite passages on this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And Paul talks this, just as the body, though one, has many parts, that all of its many parts form one body. So if you come to SCC, if you call this your home, church, this is your family. And I want to stop here for a second and praise you guys for some stuff. Because being a part of this family, you guys have stepped up in a lot of ways. This church staff and leadership has challenged you in a lot of healthy ways to be all in, right? And man, you guys have stepped up in a lot of awesome ways. When they were asking you to step up and listen to what God's will was for you on your treasures... Many of you have stepped up graciously. We get to do some amazing ministries in the community because you've listened to God and said, I'm all in on this. How can I help? Last week, Pastor Brandon said, hey, not to make a call out, but just to share honest needs. You know, we, we need help in the kids, students, and adult ministries. 
and many of you last week were all in and, and a number of you, which is super awesome, a number of you stepped up on one of those teams last week. Yeah, I amen that big time. And guys, we're, we're just trying to keep encouraging you that and thank you for that. And gosh, so many of you are already living out your talents and gifts in so many different ways. But we just want to keep calling you back to that. So thank you for how you are living out all in. And let's keep pushing each other further. What does this look like as a church family to do this together? And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about this body formed into one. But there's a couple of points here he makes that are huge. He says, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? I'm more thinking like my mouth, where would my food be? <laughs> if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? And here comes one of my favorite verses in the Bible. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted to be. Why? Psalm 139. Because you've always been a part of his story and he was there at the beginning of your entrance into his story and he gave you talents and now if you believe he's giving you gifts. But here's the lies we gotta push aside. Once you receive that, that he and believe that, that he is your savior and Lord, all that stuff of your past is pushed aside. You're a part of this family. No matter what your past is, no matter what you've done, no matter what it looks like. I mean, honestly, folks, if you really saw my whole entire story life, you'd be like, that dude's a pastor. But see, it's a title. See, God brought me here from Illinois for whatever reason. And he said, well, I know the reason, but... He brought me here. Why? Because he wanted me a part of this family. So we could do this together. My focus is students. So we could bring healing and hope to the students of Shelby County and their families. And nothing I've done in the past stops that because he loves me. And nothing you've done in your past stops that because he loves you and you're part of this family. And he literally has placed you where he wants you to be. If they were all part, where would the body be? Because why? There's many parts. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts that are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And those parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. 
while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together. I believe with all my heart, the reason you're here today is because God wanted you here today. I believe with all my heart, the reason you have the gifts you have and the reason you're a part of the SEC family is because he loves you, he created you, he gave you talents and gifts so we together can serve this church and this community. Amen? You are not here by accident. You are not here by chance. You are a part of this because he wants you to be. Now, some people, it's a season. They come here, and for whatever reason, God moves them to another place. But you know why? Because I believe he's got a plan for why he's moving you to another place to help whatever other local body that is. But right now, he's got you here. And so what does that look like for you to be a part of this family and live out how he's created you and knitted you to become what we need to become to help this city? And he said, we should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices. Now, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So my question for us, when it comes to suffering and comes to rejoicing, when somebody's not living out their talents and gifts, do we take notice and we hurt with them? Why? Because just like if we miss anything else in our body, we're missing something. And if somehow you're not a part of that using your talents and gift, we actually love you and we're missing you. We might not name it. We might not even realize it at the moment, but we do. Why? Because every single person in this room is needed to live out what God's called us to in this community. With kids, with students, with adults. You're all a part of it. So do we suffer when we're missing people? Do we suffer when we know somebody's not there? And let's just not go there and say, oh, let's go after the people that aren't serving. No, let's find out why they're not serving. Maybe they're hurting. Maybe they came from a church that they got hurt at and they need to come heal for a little bit before they get plugged in. Maybe they're going through a season right now that completely stinks and they need somebody to notice and love them. Do we notice each other enough to help people know they're loved and they're missed and we're missing something when they're not here apart? And the other side, do we rejoice when we see people here? Do we rejoice with those that are on our teams? Do we rejoice that God is using many of you already with your talents and gifts? Because Paul is calling us to that. He's calling us to do this together. 
But folks, if you hear nothing else today, here's what I want you to hear. I want you to know you are immensely and completely loved by the God of the universe. And he loves you so much that he took the time and his talents to meet you at your creation to make you the way he wanted you to be. And he loves you so much that even though we are missing the boat, he sent his son to die for you. And if you accept that, he loves you so much that he even gives you gifts on top of that. Anybody feel loved yet? And the story ain't done yet because he has a lot of people he loves that he wants to hear that same exact message. So they can be here with us and be a part of our family and know what it means to feel loved and a part of a family and so they can grow and learn what it means to be a part of that family. So I don't want to leave you alone. I just realized I left my notes because I was like, man, I want to trust God with this today. So I was trying to honor him in that and I realized I put my notes (laughs) over there. So here's where I'm going to go. I have a follow-up of, man, I have a heart for that, and I want to learn that. So what does that mean? Don't just leave me hanging, Pastor Lee. So out of memory's sake, you can go to insidesec.org slash spiritual gifts, and we have a website where you can go. (laughs) See, this is how you serve people and love people. Thank you. By the way, look who's here today, not picking on him. Love you. I just did this. I don't know why I did that. I just did that. Whatever. But hey, if you go to inside SEC backslash spiritual gifts, you can actually take a test that we've offered on there to start learning and start figuring out what does that look like for you. Also, Pastor Brad, who I just picked on and who is here today, teaches a class next month called Starting Point. If you're like, man, I'd love to learn more about this, but I'm a little nervous about just doing a test, this is a great opportunity for you to take a class with him and learn more about this. And that'll be offered to sign up soon, but here's one of the things he'll talk about in the class. It's this thing called SHAPE. And there's a great book out there about this, and it's an acronym for this, Spiritual Gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experience. And how all those things make us unique and how God formed us and and shaped us to be who he wants us to be. And so he'll talk more about that, but I wanted to throw that out there. There is a book out there about this, though, if you want to jump the gun and start learning. Another way is to talk to a staff you trust. We want to be here for you. We love you. And part of our call as pastors isn't to up our ante, it's to up your ante. Ephesians tells us to pour into the saints, build up the saints. And so if you want to learn this, come talk to us. We'll do our best to help you process through that. But one other way that we've shared before with the time, talents, and treasure, and I shrunk down to the talents part, if nothing else this week, here's a couple questions for you to live out your, ta- your talents and gifts. What are ways that you can use your gifts and talents to serve others this week? 
Now, I want to clarify this. It doesn't have to be seen by people. Like you could go over to the middle school, high school, and go, man, I see trash on the ground. I'm going to serve the school, and I'm going to pick up some of the trash. And the only person that will ever probably see it is God himself. And that's okay. I had to learn that lesson hard at my last position. I oversaw coffee ministry at my last uh, position. And the first Sunday I oversaw the coffee ministry, I was there till like 2 p.m. cleaning all the coffee pots, cleaning all the equipment, everything. And I'll be honest, I was in the kitchen cleaning all that, having a pity moment. Because I was like, Lord, what is this all about? Why am I doing this? You know, like, who sees this? No one. You know, I don't know why I do that voice. It must be my mad voice. But anyways... So I'm back there talking about, what, why am I doing this? I'm here till 2 p.m. I want to be with my family. And God like just hits me. Not literally because that would hurt, but he made a comment to me. He said, hey, why does anybody need to see you do this? And I was like, okay. Why? Because I got to serve my team members and let them go home and be with their family for a little bit longer. So serving always isn't to be seen. So what are ways you can use your gifts and talents to be serve others this week? Another way to look at it, what can your family do to add value to someone else this week to honor God? The truth is, God's called us to two things, folks. Love him and love others. And one way you can serve God really well this week you don't have to know your gifts or your talents. You can just love somebody else and bring value to their life. Let them know they're loved, they're known, they're seen. Somebody actually cares that they're on this earth. So those are some ways we can do that together. You can learn by going to take the test. You can sign up for the class. You just live it out this week. But hey, I want you to know, I'm going to say it again and again, you are immensely loved and you are part of God's story. It started all the way back at your birth. And God gave you talents to use for him. And once you made that choice, if you have, that he is your Lord and Savior, he also gave you gifts for others. Let's not be like Jonah. Let's not get those and run the other way. Let's run to our Nineveh. Let's serve God faithfully. Let's show love back to the one that loves us so much that he's done so much in his story so we understand that we're loved and that we're a part of his story. Yeah? Let's pray. God, we are just amazed by you. How you love us so much. God, how the fact that you would even take the time for each of us at birth to take the time and your talents to create us the exact way you want us. God, that you would even love us so much that even though we had a season of missing the boat, God, that you took the time to send your own son 
to show us the way and that he died for us and he rose again and now he's sitting with you all so we can see how much you still love us and then you give us talents and gifts on top of that and you call us your child and then you bring us a part of a family a local church family God I'm thankful for this family I rejoice with the people in the room and I suffer with those who can't be here for reasons they can't be here God, thank you, though, for all you're doing and what you're going to do in this church family and in this community. Because your story's not done yet. In your name, amen. Well, hey, service is done. I don't, I'm so used to like the band coming up that I never have to worry about what's done. So I'm like, how do I play this card here? But anyways, we're, we are done. But hey, if you need prayer, or if you're like, man, I want to know that same God and have a relationship with him, please feel comfortable to come forward and talk to myself or one of the team members on the prayer team. We would love to talk with you, pray with you, pray for you. Now, this is the 11 o'clock, so you get to have the enjoyment of serving already. Live out your talents and gifts right now by stacking chairs. Six per row, please. We'll see you later.